What is up, y'all? I am your host, Eli Vasquez, and you are listening to the Self Hype Podcast, where we dissect and discover all things personal development, deeper thinking, and ways to unapologetically love ourselves in the digital age. What's up, y'all? Before we get into the episode, I just want to share different ways we could be better connected in these digital streets. A space where we make the internet human and a space that we push each other to be our best selves. So one way you could join the family is our free Facebook group. Are you looking for an accountability group? Are you looking for a support system? Are you looking for a daily dose of motivation, content, interviews, and workshops? The Facebook group link is in the bio. It's free. Join it and you get to hang out with multiple like-minded people. If you want to take it to the next level, we have our personal development accelerator program where you work with me personally and my self-hype team to help you improve your social media growth, improve your personal life, and to 10x your productivity. So if you're struggling with your mindset, if you're struggling with your business, if you're struggling with your overall relationships, if you're telling yourself, I'm having these bad days and they are taking me away from the relationships and the business growth, the money in my life, this is something to check out. Hello again, listeners. We have a very special episode. It was just a matter of time. I knew this was going to happen, and I was so excited for it to happen. The minute I decided to make this podcast, this is the man I thought of, and I'm so excited to finally link up with him and and bring him in the self-hype space so you can learn more about him. He is the infamous Harry Lopez, lifestyle, business coach, and this man has been all over the damn place and coached all the amazing leaders at Google, at Amazon, Facebook, BuzzFeed, Nickelodeon, Microsoft. God, wow. And you have the so you, he has a lot going on cuz and and he's such an inspiring guy. Like we're literally talking for like probably 30 minutes when we should have just been recording, but all his lines and he was dropping just made me feel so inspired. And we're talking about slashes and everything else. I'm so excited to get into the conversation. Harry, thank you so much for joining us, my friend. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me, Eli. I'm, I'm excited to be on your podcast and to interact and to serve your audience and just to, to be here. It's, it's a gift. Thank you for inviting me. Of course, man. I'm so excited because I, I, I met you through Maya, digitally met you through Maya. And uh, it was a pedal like video where you coached her. And, and she was just raving about you and she's just she just she just swears by you and and, I, and you didn't even live in LA at the time and we uh, finally officially met at a shop Latinx event it was a bunch of dope like young uh, Latinx small business owners entrepreneurs and I was like there he is there he is <laughs> I felt very same about you when I saw you I was like oh my goodness there's Eli Vasquez I've been following you for so long online and then to finally meet you in person to see that you were real that you're so humble that you're so like energizing to be around I was really exciting that, man I mean, and the fact that you said my full name makes me feel special that's, that's <laughs> like Eli Vasquez but yeah I, I'm so excited to get into it because you provide so much value to so many people and also uh, being a man, also being a man of color, like in this space, being very intentional emotionally, like first and foremost, you help so many people in so many different ways. I just want to get into like, where did this all come from? Yeah, great, great question. Um, how back do you want me to take it? Let's take it back, man. Okay. Like, cause it, it's cause it's interesting, right? Cause it's like, we were just talking about it before we started recording is that a lot of people come up to me and it's like, you're this man of color 
that talks about emotions, that talks about deep thinking, that talks about these personal development, mental health. And I'm like, yeah, I guess that is rare with us. So, like, I'm very curious, like, kind of your story, where this all came from. Because, I mean, we do come from, a, like, a very machismo culture, very, like, you know, not being open. And, and as men in general, it's not very, like, condoned to have these conversations. So it would be great to hear. Yeah, let's let's take it back and see where Harry Lopez's uh, story started. Yeah. Absolutely. So I was just mentioning right before we started recording that there is a, a meme on Instagram with this therapist and she it, it basically said, wow, you're so mature for your age. And her response was, thanks. It's it's all the trauma. And yeah, and if I can if I can really go back to my story, you know, um, growing up in Miami, my parents were immigrants from Managua, Nicaragua, coming to this country, this idea of having to be successful, to, to go to college, to make something of yourself. So there was always that pressure, right, to be the first in your family to go make it. But then all the while, I always had the secret growing up of my sexuality, mm-hmm. growing up a queer Latinx young young man in, in Miami. There was a lot of hiding. There was a lot of, of concealing myself and my identity. There was a lot of of me putting on masks growing up, not really allowing myself to be my authentic self. And it wasn't until like years and years of just carrying these wounds, this, these, the trauma of, of, of growing up this way, of hiding, of, of maybe silencing my voice, of putting my, of, of allowing myself to be seen, uh, to identify as an introvert, when in reality, I was just scared of the world judging me or, or finding out about myself. And so it, it, what ended up happening in my lifetime was just this series of overachieving perfectionism, um, maybe even self, um, self-loathing that, that was created as a result of my identity. And when I Later on in my life, you know, I went to college in Nashville. I, I became a school teacher with Teach for America in Nashville at a very young age. I was a very successful teacher, so I got asked to become a teacher coach. And so it, it, when I became a coach for teachers, I, I started training in transformation. I started training in like really deep listening and helping people get out of their own way so that they can create the results that they want. And this was in the space of education. And for me, it was... You know, when I really think about why I went into coaching in the first place, it was because I could hide while serving. So it didn't have to be about me as Harry. Harry. It, it could be about just the people that I was serving. And I was seeing incredible breakthroughs in, in my teachers that I was coaching at a very young age. I must have been 22, 23, going into several schools in Nashville, just supporting and, and helping my teachers create uh, support their students. But what ended up happening as a result was as I continued delving into my coaching and working with great leaders, I really had to face myself. And I had to face all the stuff that I had just pent up. And a lot of it was just pent up in my subconscious. Mm. And as you continue showing up and growing and expanding yourself, everything that you've, you've buried just comes up to the surface. And it got to the point after I left the world of education and started coaching, you know, just uh, on my own, I started my own practice. It, it, it just got to the point where I couldn't hold on to this anymore. I, I needed to face it. I needed to work through it. And it was, it was in me facing it that I was able to find the greatest level of healing. And as a result of that, I wanted to bring that to other people. And so my work is all about helping people wake up to the truth of who they are beyond the stories and the illusion of separation, beyond the, the, the idea that they're not enough, that they're not worthy, that they're not this, because in truth, we're inherently worthy. 
And in truth, we're already perfect. And so it's really just walking people back to that truth, helping them step into their potential, helping them create great breakthroughs in their lives, both personally and professionally, and 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 guiding them every step of the way, partnering with them to create these, these transformations. Um, so a lot of my work, my business has been about, my business has been the greatest form of healing for me. Mm-hmm. My business is all, has been for me all about courage and that's one of my mentors she recently said and it was actually a post that i recently made on my on my instagram courage is your business and so when i'm sitting here with you knowing everything that you're showing up and doing in the world i know that it requires tremendous courage particularly as a man of color in in today's society Mm -hmm. because we see all these people in the world today who are you know for the most part white men and women who are showing up as these thought leaders who are Mm -hmm. really showing up in service to the world but where are where are the men and women of color who've experienced this the the level of trauma that often is associated with our communities yeah so um that's pretty long-winded but no not at all it's it's there's so many interesting moments through that story because you know, you, you were hiding so much, yet you decided to do something to help others, like at the very start of your journey, which is Teach for America, right? Mm-hmm. And like, so like, I'm very curious, like, because a lot of people could take it in very different directions, holding that kind of weight. And we see that it's like people, is it, it could be very negative, they could be very, um, you know, self inflicting, they could like it, but you chose to do an action to help people. And I'm very curious at that moment of your life, like what was that kind of first step like for you holding on to this weight, being in this space to like, I am going to go on this journey to help others. Mm, great question. I, I think a lot of it is the greatest coaches, the greatest leaders, they're all being supported by other, other great mentors. Mm. So for me, it was really important at a very young age that I needed I really wanted to to work with a mentor that I that I was inspired by that I believed in that could really support me in shortening the runway from where I was to where I wanted to be. And so I went on this journey for the last for like 7 to 8 years of just hiring different coaches and mentors. And you know that there's a lot of privilege in that. There's so much privilege in being able to say I worked with all these coaches, but I I'll say I was just the beneficiary of this Jewish organization called uh, reality that sent me to israel and my father's part jewish so i was able to to really be immersed in this community and part of the community was was supporting us and give and getting us grants Uh and so all the people that were in this program they were using this grant money to do different things like jewish programming shabbat dinners going back to israel and i was hiring coaches wow i was hiring mentors for the for for many years because my parents were immigrants Mm -hmm. my parents don't speak very much English. They're, they didn't do college here. They never, um, you know, they didn't go, they didn't get their education here. So I knew that it was going to be up to me to pave the path forward and to find the leaders and the mentors that were going to be able to support me to get to where I wanted to be, to learn the way. And, mm-hmm. and, and really transparently, I wanted to learn how a white man thinks, like how a very mm-hmm. successful white man thinks. So I hired my very first two coaches, three coaches, were leadership business um, life coaches who were all white males who were very successful, wow. and so I wanted to to very I wanted to very humbly just glean as much information and soak up as much information mm-hmm. as possible. It's kind of like uh, you know a very powerful woman of color that I that I know in my life. She said it was very important for me, to, for me to go to Harvard Law School because I wanted to learn the law so that I could change the law and wow. bring the law back to my communities and to, to, to impact and to bring legislation that would impact the communities that I want to serve. Yeah, 
Oh, that's so real, man. And it's like, and you're, and and that, and that, and that's totally right. It's like with, with this podcast and everything I'm doing, I like, I, I discuss, you know, that we should be allowed as people of color to have these conversations, to be, uh, to have those thought provoking, deeper, like conversations. And, but I'm like, I'm not opposed to bringing a white person in. And I think that's kind of the mistake. Cause it's like, like, yeah, there's a lot of knowledge there and, and understanding. And this, they have this sense of like, just courage with the world where we carry so much fear and survival. And it's like, I just kind of want to learn that, like, or feel that. Cause like, these are the people getting opportunities in these big rooms. And uh, yeah, you, and you see it statistically like salary opportunities, like hierarchy, all that. So I'm like, I, what is that flavor? Like, what is that knowledge? Like, and I think we should be open to all people to have those conversations, which I think is dope. And then also to be, yeah, that's like phenomenal that you're, you've been, and also like through your path, what I love is that you've, you've always were in a continuous nature of progressing with your career, which is great where you didn't stop there. You did teach for America, you didn't stop there. You, you, you did the teaching with the teachers, you didn't stop there. And you, and you went through your own, you took the leap of itself to have your own business. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. um, what, what was that transition like? Cause that's a scary one. Like a lot of people like betting on themselves and betting on their vision. Like uh, a lot of people like to play it safe. So I'm curious, what was that kind of leap for you? Totally. Inner work. Inner work. Inner work beyond anything else. And, and for me, and if you're familiar with the Enneagram, the Enneagram personality test. I just started, I just did it. Yeah. Do you I know your type? My, my friend sent it to me. I was like, what is another thing? I just got co-star. I don't know what this is. <laughs> and then I'm like, I looked it up. I was like, oh my God, I feel seen. Oh, but it's fantastic. <laughs> what, what number are you? I'm a type, I'm 50-50, type two, type three. Type two, type three. I'm, what is it? Eight and a three. Oh, amazing. Okay, yeah. that is that completely makes sense. Type okay. eight is the challenger. Right. So you're you challenge ideas. You're unafraid to in, uh, to get into those conversations and to and to get to to the to whatever you feel is justice or right. Mm. Um, and type three is the type three achiever. Okay. So it makes complete sense with the work that you're doing, achieving right. and, yeah. and, ch and ch challenging yourself more and more in life. Yeah. I'm the type three, type two. So I'm the type three achiever, type two helper. And so 50-50 okay. of the type two, type three is, is um, it's amazing. All of my great, all of my mentors have also reflected that. And I attract a lot of clients who are type two, mm -hmm. type threes, achievers. The type two helper is about serving the world. Mm -hmm. The type three achiever is about achievement and growing and oftentimes success and and um, and we unconsciously believe that who we are is what we do and so for me making stuff happen creating breakthroughs or um, like growing and ex expanding was part of my nature but I knew that if I didn't if I didn't check that part of myself with inner work and healing and spirituality and mindfulness that I would just crash into a wall and so a lot of my work into delving into coaching and transformation has been about identifying my blind spots, identifying my wounds, identifying my, my, my triggers, the things that hold me back the most. We call them blocks. And what are those blocks that get in the way? And worthiness is my deepest block. Mm. Like not in, consistently over my life is not feeling like I've been worthy. And so as a result, I overperform, I outdo. And that's what that's what I've always done. And so I knew that in order to start my coaching business, I needed to work through that worthiness. Mm -hmm. And so that's still to this day, the number one thing that I work through is worthiness. Another one is people pleasing. 
Mm-hmm. Another one will be the idea that things have to be really hard, that everything has to be hard. That's real. And that's really real, especially in yeah. immigrant communities for, for Latinos. Mm-hmm. We, everything has to be hard. We grow up and we, we say we want to do something and, mm-hmm. and what's, what's instilled in, from our parents and, and lineage is you got to work really hard. Your teachers reinforce that idea. It has to be really hard. Yeah. And as I'm saying that, I'm noticing I'm, I'm clenching my I wrists. See, yeah. And and it it shows up somatically in the body. Whatever we're feeling in our just in our minds, the, there's so much wisdom in our bodies, and it shows up. So I've had to really just tap into it, into my body, wow. to notice what is it that it's, it's saying to me. And so in starting my business, it's um, a lot of compassion work, mm. a lot of of having uncomfortable conversations about myself, a lot of having the mirror pulled up on, on myself by coaches and mentors and peers of mine, wow. a lot of inquiry, a lot of challenging my most limiting beliefs because everything is just a belief. Right. Everything is just a belief, a subconscious belief that has gone unquestioned. Mm. And in the words of Byron Katie, life is so much kinder than the stories we tell ourselves about it. Wow. Life doesn't have to be hard. Life is truly kind. Life is intelligent mm-hmm. and life wants the best for us. So in doing the inner work of, of going inwards, whether that's meditation, whether that's, you know, inquiry, I recommend the work of Byron Katie, thework.com. For anybody listening, mm-hmm. thework.com has incredible resources that you can go through check uh, question by question checklists that allow you to get out of suffering and get step into your freedom and begin to just be to be expansive and limitless in your life and the things that you want to create and it's available to all of us which is which is amazing it's not just reserved for an elite few it's not reserved for you know just you know people that have master's degrees or mm-hmm. academics this is for anyone and anyone who is wanting transformation anyone who's open and available to it it is here for you mm. it's right here that's amazing. Yeah, it's it's that's so real. So I'm like, life in itself is kind, and 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 the stories we tell are not. And and this is a constant thing I talk about is how our minds play tricks on us. So we create these false narratives, these negative narratives, like these constant worst case scenarios, imposter syndromes, and it's all this noise. And I remember I was in Steamboat, Colorado, and we were riding snowmobiles. And uh, I was able to take it out on my own. And and the thing is, like, we're in the middle of, like, nowhere. And, like, we're just in, like, this, like, snow, Arctic tundra of just trees. And it's just because of the snow, it makes everything more silent. It dampens noise. And I was just there by myself. I turned the engine off, and I was like, this is just life. Hmm. Like, it just is. Without the noise, without our thoughts, without – it just is. And it's beautiful that it, it produces life. And we create these narratives. So it's so impactful that you said that. I was like, damn. Yeah, that's like, it's 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 so real. And there's like so many like little bits that like, now I'm thinking about my blocks. I'm like, God damn. Because <laughs> the hard one, when you, that really spoke to me with the everything has to be hard. Like that was, that's real. Like I'm like, it's, there's this mentality that I had to learn about like working um, smarter, not harder. I'm like, well, if it, if I'm not struggling, then I'm not working hard enough or I need to be overwhelmed or I need to feel these things. Yet there's a lot of people that are like, oh, I'll just do this or, oh, I'll just do that sighting or, oh, I'll just, and I'm like, what? yeah, I guess. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's so mm. interesting. Like, and I think that's the fear with a lot of people is like facing that that those issues like like asking people hey what do i need to work on 
What what are like my flaws? Like that is just such a scary thing to ask. Um, but like, would you like would you say that's a key? That was a key element, or like what were like like the key elements for like say someone who like wants to get to that next step, like mm. mentally and then to reach that place. Excellent. And just to go back to the the your experience in the snow. Yeah. That is, that is the, you're experiencing the truth of who you are. Mm. And what we most need is to be, to have more experiences of the truth of who we are. So going into nature, going for walks, talking to a friend, connecting, yeah. connecting with yourself through the snow, through that place that you were in. Um, that is so powerful to silence the mind, to mm. slow everything down in our world, in our digital world of just go, 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 go. True. Deepening into stillness is is so powerful. And with regards to to how to change your 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 last question, yeah. whatever the blocks are that are getting in the way, it's about reframing the conversation and the relationship with those blocks. Mm-hmm. So it's about seeing them as not in the way but as the way. Damn. Those blocks are the way to your freedom. Those blocks are the way to you deepening into yourself and 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 expanding and into evolving into a new version of who you are. So if your block is a fear of of uh, things have to be hard, then that's the way. It's like going into it and and meeting it exactly where it's at. Mm. Because what often happens is that when we have our blocks for the most part, we're unaware of what they are because they're subconscious. But a lot of people do know their blocks. Mm-hmm. You know what you know. You off, you don't know what you don't know. And if you know what you know, you can work with what you know. Mm-hmm. And so you meet it exactly where it's at and you you begin to be with it and you begin to question it and you begin to, to surface it. And once it's surfaced, it begins to lift. And then the mind is like a blanket. It's like a blanket of, of, of threads. And so with every... There's just our every belief is a thread. So we take one thread from the blanket, and we question it, and we take one belief and we lift it and let it go. We take another belief, and we let it we let it go and we lift and we lift and we get more free and more free. And then we're just things that used to trigger us don't trigger us anymore. You're walking about the world in a different way. You're different in your relationships. You're a better you're a better son. You're a better father. You're a better husband. You're a better um, boyfriend. Whatever it is, a worker yeah. as a result of just lifting all this stuff. And some of my mentors, they talk about a, a book bag. We're all carrying around a heavy book bag with rocks of judgments and fears and, and, and blocks and things and that we're unwilling to let go of. But the, w- the moment we're willing to face it and to just begin to be with those rocks, those blocks in the backpack, we are walking about the world so much lighter. Mm-hmm. Our backpack is not as heavy anymore. It's real. We are just, ex- we're just free and we're floating and wouldn't isn't that what we all want to just be in a flow state with our creativity yes. with our with the work we're putting out with the way that we're serving the world with no attachment to anything mm-hmm. and so for people listening just being a term that we use in in the world of coaching is being in surrendered action wow. being completely surrendered letting go of any expectation any attachment because attachment is what creates suffering mm-hmm. and just being free flowing just serving the reason for living is giving and um, doing everything from a place of surrender, not needing a single thing, not needing love from anyone because you are the yeah. love that you need, not needing affirmation from anyone, giving it to yourself, being with yourself, mothering and fathering yourself and nurturing yourself from that place and um, 
not needing a single thing from anything and anybody. Mm. There's a great book that I recommend. It's called The Surrender Experiment, a really wow. beautiful book. It's by the same author that wrote The Untethered Soul about just surrendering to anything and everything in your life. That's amazing. Yeah. That, I, I completely agree with that. It's it's just allowing, your, like just letting yourself be, like letting... We carry so you're right. We carry so much weight, which like we, we definitely need to be kinder to each other. Like like I mean, even if the people like cut you off and flip you off, it's like man, they're having a really hard day. And it's like we're all carrying this weight, but it's like yeah, just letting that. Even you just saying that like put me at ease. Like I'm just like just let it go. Just like let it go. I remember I was at the airport, just like. I was just in my head, I was like, okay, I gotta do this, I gotta send this email, I gotta like work on this episode, I gotta send this video, and da, 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 da. And uh, I was at this food court area, and these two young girls that had been like, like 18, 19 or whatever, they walk up to me, and they're like, hey, we're just letting you know that like, God highlighted you. And I'm like, religious beliefs aside, it was just really weird, I'm like, God highlighted you, and we were just <laughs> here to tell you that like, you could just like, let go. Like, just let it it's okay. Just mm. let this weight off and mm. just like, he's got it. Like, let him carry it. Like, I don't know you, we don't know you, but I'm just letting you know, like this, we felt compelled to walk up to you and say, and I swear, I, I don't know what happened, but I just felt like I lost 50 pounds. Wow. I felt like it was like, I was in like a five year long toxic relationship and we just broke up <laughs> and now I feel great. It was like, it felt like that. And I was like, and, and I was like, do we add each other on Instagram now? Or what? She's like, oh no, we're just here to tell, say that to you. And then um, they're like, we're going to pray for you. I'm like, okay, cool. And they left and I was like, oh my God. Like just letting that weight go is like so real. And just like letting life happen. It's, it's, it's mm. a scary thing in itself because... I don't know. We feel like we, if we worry, it shows that we care or like, I don't know. It's, but it's, yeah. I talked to a lot of like professionals and later in their career and I'm like, what is one thing you would tell your younger self? And they're like, I wish I like enjoyed it more. I wish I was like a little more compassionate with myself or like not get so stressed out about everything. And uh, I noticed that that's something that happens to me when I, everything piles up, um, mm -hmm. which, which, which is rough. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about, Actually, I have two questions. Yeah. I'm curious about it. One's from the past. The other one I want to, and this is in the future. But the past one, you have all this amazing outlook and you've done all these amazing things. How, how does your family see that? Like, do they notice it? Do they know? Can you have these conversations with them at Christmas? Or like, <laughs> like, are they just like, gay? Hey, I don't know. Or like, what, what, what the fuck? <laughs> I, I, they don't, they don't know. Like, do they understand or do they get it? Do they support or are they just completely out of loop? Like, you go do your thing in LA or you go. Do whatever. I don't even think my family knows what I do. I, I think they think I went to go get milk and I'm coming back at some point. So, uh, but yeah, it's like, yeah. Do, are they aware? Do they see it? Do they That's such a good it? question. Similar family and friends. When I first started this journey of life coaching, yeah. they didn't understand it. They didn't get mm. it. They're like, ay, Dios mío, what are you doing? Okay, what's it? Like, what's, what is he doing? What does he think he's doing? Whatever. But people don't start noticing until they start seeing some success. Yes. Right? When oh they start God, seeing you, yes. when they start seeing you like show up online or when people start shouting you out, like I was uh -huh. just featured on this Instagram recently and then all these people from back home were like, oh my God, he's famous. Oh and I'm God, like, yeah. no, I'm still the same person. Mm -hmm. But that's similar to my family too. When I first, they, they just think of me as like the doctor. 
the doctor who, <laughs> okay. who or he's like uh he's the doctor who comes and heals and he does mm. he knows all this stuff that they don't exactly know what i do my dad doesn't know what i do uh -huh. i think he thinks that i just i'm basically like a consultant of some sort which i kind of am mm. but they don't know they don't know very much which is fine i actually prefer mm. it that way um my brother has just recently you know he comes from the world of accounting and has gone through a lot of his own trauma and you know through conversations i've i've i don't like coaching my family or friends mm -hmm. but with him you know we have a very special relationship where i've been supporting him a lot and, and exposing him to tools of the mind and so he's just transformed in the last year he's really into jordan peterson right now he's wow. really into just like spirituality and consciousness which i never imagined he would be you know i do bikram ha yoga so i've done i've led that with my dad my mom also she's you know i'm her confidant they're like the one who i'm listening to a lot of people but when i call my mom she also listens to me but i listen to her and she just opens oh, up to me so much which is such a gift that's amazing yeah like deepening in this work has been the greatest gift in my family as well that's fantastic and like to to be aware and, and bring value back to the family and in, in, in that way like my mom, it's it, it's very much the same, but I have to be there and she has to be a, a bottle of wine in. Um, <laughs> she'll complain about my stepdad who's like sitting right next to her. And I'm like, this is weird. But it's uh, it's very appreciative that like they see you as like an adult. They see you as a man, but also like uh, an intelligent one, someone that can give value to me that I can open up to. And that that's a really beautiful thing because you want to give back to your family, you know, that sacrifice so much for you. And oh that's great that you goodness. can do that through your passions. Like yeah. that's so real. Like. Man, yeah, I mean, that's so real with the success thing, too. Like, I wanted to go to film school. My mom was not about it, and she wanted me to be a priest or a pharmacist. Mm -hmm. And because uh, I was held Lion King style as a kid when I got baptized, and, like, the priest announced, he will become a priest. And I think my mom, like, one tear went down her eye and thought I was going to be a priest for the rest of my life. And then also <laughs> pharmacists make a lot of money, and Latino families, you... You want your kids to do what the person who makes the most money in the family do, and that was a pharmacist. But yeah, I said I want to become a filmmaker. She was very upset by it. And then it wasn't until I started getting into film festivals that she could start flexing on Facebook that she's like, oh, he, look at my son. He's doing all this, that, and that, and the other. But now I think it like <laughs> overwhelms her now with, I'm like, hey, I got my podcast. I got this. I got that. I'm traveling. I'm doing... Like, oh, that's nice. Okay. That's nice. <laughs> I was like, okay. Like, it's it's cool. I know they're proud. I mean, it's it's... But that's the interesting thing. It's like us as like Latinos, you, you have such an amazing narrative of like your parents coming here. And uh, and yeah, I just, I keep reverting back to that. It's like we have these superpowers of motivation, of understanding of how hard life is. We have like, whereas, you know, white people, that outlook is different, but like we, our narrative is literally our parents. Like we know the sacrifices that were put in place like right next to us. Like it's such an impactful uh space like do you do you carry do you carry like pressure with that or do you uh use that as motivation like how's that for you yeah that's there's so much at stake mm. for for me and a lot of the latinos that i know mm. there's there's the, the idea that i've got to make it because i've got to help my family you know, my family doesn't have health insurance. My family is living paycheck to paycheck. Mm -hmm. My family, you know, I want my family to be, to thrive and to, to experience the, the richness of this life and the world. Mm -hmm. And so I can do that through mindset. I do that mentally supporting people. But to be able to, to one day, my dream is to be able to one day hand my mom a paper or, a, you know, a check to say, here, pay off everything. 
like pay everything off. Just get yourself that health insurance. I want you to go buy a house by the ocean and just be free and limitless and just be so happy. Yeah. And that's not to say that my mom's not already happy. Some of the most ha the happiest, most beautiful people in the world that I've ever met have had nothing, mm. had the littlest things. And some of the most unhappiest, most miserable people have had everything that I've ever that's met, true. everything. And so why I do a lot of, why I support Latinos in my work is because I know that supporting them they are helping their families and carrying the torch and creating generational wealth, healing generational trauma, mm. healing just uh, just historical disenfranchisement and some, so many of the, the, the things that come with being part of a marginalized group in this country. And so it is deeply rewarding for me to see, you know, when one person has an experience of the inner work and has this tremendous healing and transformation, then it creates a ripple effect into the world. Mm. Like you are impacting so many, you don't even know how many people you're potentially impacting with this work that you're doing, but it's just having an incredible ripple effect. And whoever's listening to this podcast, I'm certain will have at least one, take one nugget that will impact them. And then they'll create a ripple effect into their lives, into the people in their lives, into yeah. their families, their children. And so um, that's what keeps me going in this work. Mm. So, but yes, there's so much at stake. Familia, family mm. is just so integral to, to the Latino experience. Mm -hmm. um, no matter where you are in your journey and your lineage, some Latinos are first generation, some are second, third, fourth, fifth, but mm -hmm. it's, that is so deeply ingrained yeah. in, in the culture. And so I was just, I joined a new coaching program. One of the things we did in the beginning, we, we had to introduce ourselves and I couldn't not introduce my story. Wow. I couldn't not talk about my family and why I do this work. And how I, I, I help my family financially. Mm -hmm. And that to the people that were in this program was just mind blowing. It was like, they couldn't fathom it. I don't, and, and for wow. me and for my friends, we, this is like a normal thing. Right. We all, yeah, we yes. all help our families. Exactly. Like it's all like, a, it's like an expected thing. We, um, it's part of the culture. It's part right. of, and, um, and I love that I'm able to do that. Yeah. I love that I'm able to give back to my family. That's amazing. And I want to be able to give back to more people. You know, mm. Tony Robbins feeds millions of homeless kids a year wow. all over the world. Billions, I think. Right. Um, one day I'd love to potentially get there. That's amazing. Yeah, it's it's that's that's my big why, too. It's like I'm the oldest of uh, five sisters, uh, two brothers. And, um, mm. you know, we're from the hood. My mom was 19 when she had me, I think. She was gonna be a dancer. She was this badass dancer that like traveled around the country and did dance wow. and stuff. And like, and then she had me and like, well, I, I carry that as motivation because she chose to be a mom, even though everyone told her not to be. And like, I carry that emotional weight. It's like a pressure, but also motivation to show that like, hey, that sacrifice was worth it. Like, look at me do all these things, but also I want to in, in turn, give you that check, have that moment. And that's a constant visualization in my head. Uh, to be able to do that, and it, but it's it's such a, like an attached thing. You're totally right. It, like if someone asks me why do I do what I do, I'm like, oh, I love it. It's a passion, but also like my family, duh. And then I watch like shows like I don't know. I watch like Seinfeld, and they don't want to call their moms and stuff. I'm like, what? I'm like, oh my god, my mom came over. I'm like, my mom will whoop my ass if I did not pick up that phone. Are you kidding me? <laughs> um, but okay, I want to transition. We out here. We, we, we have our business, like, let's break down these services. Like what, what, what are the, 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 the streams of, of 
coaching programs. I would love to talk about like how Launch Latinx was created and what's the what's the real purpose and like goal. Because now you're like a, you're a digital entrepreneur, man. Like you and and mm. we were talking before, like you just started getting into social media now. And I, I'm shocked because your social media is clean. Everyone follow this man, the Harry Lopez. It's it's clean social media. I thought he's been doing this for like ever. But yeah, your branding is so great. So like now we transitioned out. You have your own business, everything else. What what are the services you provide and why do you provide them? And dive into Launch, launch Latinx as well. That'd be fantastic. Yeah. Thank you for that. No, of I, course. I'm like, yeah. I'm, I'm working, I work at BuzzFeed. I'm like, this man's on it. Like your highlights yeah. and the IG and like cover Thank photos you. and all that. Like, that's, wow. I'm, I'm Thank impressed, Thank you so man. much. Well, impressed. you know, you know, Maya from BuzzFeed has yeah. helped me tremendously on social media. And oh, okay. Her family cool. and just... She's just, I love her. And I'm so, I'm so glad that we're connected through her. Yeah, seriously. Um, but two and a half years ago, I just started my Instagram really, just going public. And I never intended to be a digital entrepreneur. Uh -huh. I just wanted to be a life coach. I just wanted mm -hmm. to help people. Yeah. I, was, I didn't intend to be supporting Latinos and people of color. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to help anybody and everybody. And I just wanted to do this work and put it out and do good work in the world. Mm -hmm. And everything is vibrations. Mm -hmm. Everything is, is vibe. So what you're putting out, you're getting back. Right. And what I was getting back was Latinos that wanted transformation, that wanted, mm -hmm. you know, high achieving Latinos, like just really inspiring Latinos that were creating, that were doing great work in tech, in media, in entertainment, and just all these spaces that I never intended to be, to be uh, entering. And so when I first, when I moved to LA seven months ago from Miami, I had this whole community already because I had been coaching my, my mm -hmm. ass off. Yeah. I had been getting on the phone for, for, I was working a nine to five at a tech company and I was in the evenings, I was closing my laptop and I was getting on the phone coaching for hours every day. Wow. There were some times where this is so unethical, but I was getting, there were some calls, maybe two or three, where I was falling asleep on oh, coaching calls. Wow. And, and I, I realized at that point that I, I couldn't do this as a side hustle anymore. I needed to go full time into this. Wow. Um, so offerings that I offer, I do, I do this I've in, in t always have done one-on-one -on -one private coaching mm -hmm. or in deep intimate coaching. I'm moving out of that space um, because I want to serve more people. I want to be able to touch more people. And the one-on-one -on -one is phenomenal. My clients that I have clients with that have worked with me for years that we just keep going one-on-one. -on -one. We never stop. Some people work with me for three months. Some people work with me for six months. Some people are just year-long clients and that's, that's fine. And my clients are, you know, all around, all the whole gamut. I have stylists, rappers, um, tech leaders. I've got enter, uh, actors. I've got um, voiceover actors. I've wow. got, um, you know, quite a few of my clients, I think. Uh, um, you know, just I have a lot of life coaches that work with me and that want to build their businesses and do so in a really conscious, uh, in a really surrendered, organic way. Mm -hmm. So I love supporting them in doing that and starting their businesses. I also do group coaching programs. So I run an accelerator. It's called the Latinx Accelerator. So I bring together badass Latinos and we work together for 90 days and we go for it. Nice. We sprint. Wow. And it's it's a sprint, both strategic work, business work, but it's also in in incredible mindset work, which for me, 70% of it is mindset. 70% mm -hmm. of the game is maybe even 80% of the game yeah. is mindset. And the business stuff to me is so simple. It's so easy. Right. But if you don't have the mind right, then the business stuff is really tough. And you could do both at the same time. It's a dance between the mind and this. Yes. It's a dance between the being and the doing, the doing mm -hmm. and the being. And there's a song, the dooby 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 doo. 
<laughs> so we shoot it. Sometimes I work with coaches, spiritual healers, that are all into the being. Mm. They're in the being, the the, the self care, self work, meditating all day. I I used to work with a spiritual teacher who would meditate for Eddie eight hours a day. Eight hours? Yeah. And when I was working with him, I was meditating for four hours a day. Wow. So, so that was tremendous. And meditation is so powerful in and of itself. Just the waking up, the separate, like to the illusion, to the a separation of who we're not, to the reality of who we are. Um, but yeah, the being in the doing in the group and the one on one work. Um, and now I'm stepping into more live events. Mm. I'm doing more intimate programming for queer Latinx men of color, queer Latinx men. It's got it's going to be called the Queer Latinx Light Workers. Mm -hmm. So there's going to be intimate gatherings for them. And then I'm doing uh, an initiative for um, Latino entrepreneurs for business owners called Project Latinx. Mm. So this is going to be a live series in person where we get together in LA and come together and do just mindset transformation, healing, connection, wow. and stuff like that. And right now, what I'm really excited about in my business, which is amazing that I'm sitting in front of you, <laughs> is I, I've been loving creating content. Yeah. Yeah, it's been so fun. It's like, fun, right? It's not yeah. bad. Sam I, loves it. Yeah. Can't get enough of my ums and lights <laughs> on these podcasts. Yeah. yeah. Like last night I went to yoga class and I could have I could have gone to meditation afterwards, but I just wanted to go home and create content or just think through cool content that could serve my audience. That's awesome. Because you you all in the video space, oh my God, the reach that you guys have. Yeah. The opportunity to, to touch people's lives through one minute, through two minutes, through, mm. a, through a 15 minute video on YouTube or, or Facebook is incredible and for me for years i've been just doing this mm -hmm. this is what i've gotten really good at is one-on-one -on -one. right you know talking to my clients being intimate with a small group of people but the opportunity to reach thousands of people on video that is i think that's next level that's incredible yeah and, and we were just talking about like and we, we it, it makes a lot of people uncomfortable and that's like i do like workshops and talk to people about like social media and branding and stuff and like poc communities like the big thing that pushed me, like even working at BuzzFeed was because I was still I was like behind the scenes guy. Like I was in videos because I had to be. But like as far as my social media, you'd follow me and it's just random shots of nothing. And uh, a buddy of mine was like, you got you got to make this money. You got to be out here because he was like a sponsored influencer. And I'm like, yeah, it's uncomfortable. It doesn't make me feel like uh, I'm not that guy. And he's like, well, at the end of the day, there's not a lot of people that look like you in this space. And by you just showing yourself and showing your process, you, again, the ripple effect of it all is that you're just, you're inspiring people. And that's why I talk to people like that are like, oh, I'm going to be a nurse or I'm doing these things. And I'm like, I'm like, it still doesn't hurt to do social presence at the very baseline of like, you could connect with other people that are also doing the thing. Like if you're a woman of color who's trying to be a nurse and you post your process, like you're just, it's such a beautiful vibration and, and, and people that you can connect with. I'm like, I feel you on this. And uh, that honesty is really there and it's real. So it's it's so impactful. And I just think in the future we're all going to be influencers anyway. It's like it is from the 14-year-old TikToker to like a 50-year-old dentist in New Hampshire, there's going to be some social presence there. But it's like doing it in a, in, a, in a real authentic way, giving value, which you are great at, by the way. Um, how has that transition been? Like were you comfortable diving into being showing yourself more? Or uh, was it like kind of a struggle bus at first? Wow, great question. But before we go into that, I just have to say that I remember the first time I saw you on Instagram or on, yeah, it was Instagram. And I just kept thinking, wow, a Latino who's showing up and serving and impacting and inspiring. And I remember thinking like, 
you're a real pioneer in what you're doing. Oh, thank you. And I think that we in our community need to see more examples of people like you that are doing this work because it gives people other, it gives people permission to rise and to also do that. Yeah. And so, you know, when I see you and Maya and Curly, Gadiel, all of Ivan and the rest of you like that are Latinos that are being unapologetic on social media and I know it's not easy. Yeah. It is not easy. There's a, yeah, from, from, oh, thank you for saying that. That means a yeah. lot, uh, especially coming from you. And, um, yeah, it, it, it's a struggle of, cause you feel kind of like pressured being like, yo, you're a face in digital media and people are following you, which is why like in order for me to, to post every day, it needs to be like, okay, I'm helping people. I'm giving value, but also it's real to me. Yes. So it's like, I just want to promote curiosity in these spaces. Um, so that's like that motivate, but it is, it can be difficult at times. And that authenticity like needs to be there where like people look at you, may look at you, which is interesting. Uh, also another question I would be curious about. They think you got all the answers. You're happy all the time. You got it all figured out. No. So I'm going to go on your social media or I'm going to follow you and you're supposed to just be this person. Mm -hmm. Like how is that kind of branding to like your actual life has been? Like that's because yeah. I, I know I'm like, hmm. I just, it was, it was the day before I launched my course and I was in New York on my birthday and it was like 6am and I was so overwhelmed because I was just trying to get it out. And I was like, I did a live and I'm like, y'all, I'm struggling right now. Cause I do hype talk Tuesdays. I do lives every Tuesday. And I'm like, I can't fake it and be like, Oh, everything's great. I love it. Which I'm literally going to do a course, but I'm like, yeah, how do you trans, how do you balance that realness to the be having it all together like yeah one of my one of my mentors told me said these words to me your message is in your mess wow and so and you know panache very really well-known spiritual teacher he says in being completely authentic you're 100 percent disruptive and mm -hmm. so your 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 willingness to just be completely raw and naked and to share i'm not i don't got it together I have not arrived. I don't, I'm still a mess. Like I still, there are days where you will, you'll feel like you're um, digressing, regressing, mm -hmm. regressing, and you're going backwards and maybe you're buying into limiting beliefs and patterns. But I think it's about how we be with ourselves when that happens. Mm -hmm. Are we difficult and tough on ourselves? What's the conversation, the inner narrative that's going on? Mm -hmm. The inner critic will come up and say, oh, I suck. I'm so such a loser. I'm so bad at this. Like, Or are you being compassionate with yourself and just witnessing the thoughts? Because mm -hmm. they're just thoughts. And we really slow it down. We have compassionate awareness, compassionate awareness to the thoughts and just silence them and let it know that it's okay. That everything's going to be fine. That this is just a stump in the road and it's part of the process. But I think, you know, when going online, oh, social media has challenged the hell out of me yeah because it is all about authenticity it's really about authenticity and people will read if you're you're being authentic mm -hmm. people people like nowadays are the greatest just they have such a high barometer for fake yes. and for unreal and for any of that and when i first started i was buying into this idea that i had to be this cookie cutter perfect life coach mm -hmm. and i realized that that's just not who i am mm -hmm. And so it wasn't until recently that I've started, you know, branching out. And I just recently put a twerking video about me <laughs> twerking, like in a coaching session with a client. Or I just Whoa. put, yeah, recently I started more dancing and, and just being, you know, showing different elements of who you are and yeah. different parts of who you are. But to your, to your initial question of how has it been showing up online, for somebody like me who had been in hiding for so long yeah. about his sexuality, social media was so triggering for me. So so incredibly resistant. I had such resistance to getting on video because people would hear my voice 
they'd they'd hear how how soft spoken I am. Mm-hmm. They'd hear, oh my God, they're gonna find out. They're gonna know that I'm that I'm gay. Wow. They're gonna they're gonna go you know start talking about me. They're gonna they're not gonna like me. They're gonna judge me. They're gonna criticize me. And everything was an opportunity for me to heal. Everything was an opportunity for me to heal and to bring compassion, to bring forgiveness to these stories and to these misunderstandings about who I am. No one can judge me if I don't judge myself. No one can reject me if I don't reject myself. And I don't need anyone to like me or accept me as long as I like and love and accept myself. Mm. And so that was, that was huge for me. That was, that was, that's been the basis of my work. So social media has really like helped you in that regards because you had to face those issues. Everything came up. Everything came up the moment I started showing up on social media. Everything that I had been trying to hide. Every social media is the, is such a mirror for, Mm. for it's such a, it'll, it'll, it'll amplify any and all, any and all insecurities Mm -hmm. or things that you have still not worked through. And when it comes up with insecurities, it's the opportunity is to secure the insecurity. Mm. And so oftentimes it's breathing in somatically into the body for 90 seconds, wherever the insecurity is. And for me and for a lot of people, it starts in the lower belly Mm. and you begin to have this tension and contraction. You just place your hand over it. You breathe into it deeply into the nose and for anybody listening, they could try that just breathing in consciously. Tara Brock calls it conscious pausing, just taking moments during the day to pause. Mm. And you, in this stillness, there's miracles that happen in the space between things. And then you, you come back into the world in a new state. Mm. And everything's about being in state. And so whatever state you want to be in, you can get there immediately. It doesn't have to take 10 years or five years or, you know, a Tony Robbins conference. Yeah. It is here and available right now. And so the greatest thing I've learned about social media and social media is a mirror for the world is just allow yourself to be authentic, mm. just be fully authentic. And one thing I've noticed in my business, and this is for any entrepreneurs or business leaders that are listening, whatever it is that you're not sharing in your, on your social media is the very thing affecting your business. Wow. Oh, that hit me hard. Whatever it is that you're avoiding sharing is the very thing hurting you the most in your business. Wow. The moment I started showing up more authentically about my identity and my sexuality, Mm. oh my God, my business started taking off to a new level. And the more that you continue growing, the more evolution that you make, you have to, this is going to sound a little um, uh, severe, not harsh, but you kill the old part of you mm. and you are reborn every step of the way. And there's old, old, part, old parts of you can no longer come forward and come with you into this new stage that you're in. So you're constantly shedding and releasing and letting go and moving into the new because there's, there's only a certain amount of space that you could bring in. So you're just releasing, releasing, releasing. Mm. And that's been the process for me. And LA has challenged me as well. Mm. LA has challenged me to be more authentic and more vulnerable than I've ever been before <laughs> because there is people sniff it out here. Yeah. People sniff out inauthenticity here. Oh, for sure. And they can feel it in your, in your, just your energy. Yeah. And so I've been so deeply challenged while well, in, on the social, in the social media space, but also living in LA and I'm, it's such a gift. Everything has been a gift. I'm really wow. grateful for it. 
That's amazing, man. I mean, it's 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 because that's the big thing I push too is that these digital spaces aren't going anywhere. Like the CIA has an Instagram, you know, and it's like, <laughs> and it's like AOC is doing like Twitter one hundred and one to politicians now, and it, wow. it's it's like yeah, she's like doing glasses on it. And it's just like very much the future. So like, how do we make it human? How do we let it help us? You know, it, it is a distraction. The number one thing I tell people when making great content is to not be on social media, is to live a life worth posting experience or thought. Because it really is a tool, but that's so, that's so phenomenal that you've been able to face yourself and build this narrative and grow from your social media posting and social media growth. That is phenomenal. I think that's a perspective a lot of us could benefit from, especially with the pressures or hating on it or like, you know, being overwhelmed with the comparison culture of, of, of everything. I think it's really impactful. Yeah. You know, right now, the number one reason why people see therapists, why people are going to seek help. Do you know, do you know what the number one reason is? No. What is... Comparison. 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 Because wow. of this social media stage that we're in, this world, People are getting on their phones and looking at other people's lives constantly, judging, yeah. assessing, this person's better, this person's less than, this person looks better, this person is dressed this way, I need to do this way. And Jordan Peterson talks a lot about imitation, mm. how so much of our experience as humans is about imitating, how mm. we're we're just on this search for creating our own and, and finding ourselves, but in the process, we're, we're bombarded with all these images of other people's lives. And, mm. and then who do we become when we start seeing these people? Sometimes it's anxiety. Sometimes it's competition. Sometimes it's, it's like, I'm, I'm worthless. You know, I just did that video of, I don't know if you saw that, but this, this kid in, in, on his bed where all these limiting beliefs are coming up. But with comparison, I think it's, an, it's an opportunity for in the more we deepen into the social media space, it's, it's so powerful. It's amazing amazing but it's also can be really damaging for people yeah. it can be very detrimental to the psyche right. um and so i mean it can be a, it, like a drug with the dopamine the the hits the Seriously. The, yeah. the 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 constant you know seeking the fishing for affirmation the satiating of the ego mm -hmm. and so i think as long as we are mindful about our usage on there and again we go into the inner work we question all beliefs of limitation because in truth no one is less than or better than you. Mm -hmm. We're all the same in truth. Yes. We are all the same. And we create in this physical world, we create the divisions and the and the, and the limitations mm -hmm. and everything. But in truth, we're all the same. Yeah. There's no one less than or better than you. And um, you can, a lot of comparison is they have what I can never have. Mm -hmm. That's where the anxiety comes up. They have something that I could never have. Yes. And we, when we slow that down, that's just a belief we can get curious about the belief and know that that's not true. Mm. You can have it too. And whatever you see in someone else is a reflection of what you have in you, in yourself. Mm -hmm. Because we're all light. All we are is light. And light attracts light and light. And, and we're all vibrations. So we're vibrational matches. Like you are me, I am you. We're the same. We're connected in that way. And Ubuntu, in an African term, it, it says whenever I am because you are and whenever you're in doubt, connect. Mm. So whenever you find yourself comparing or getting jealous or criticizing or whatever it is, compassion is the way. And so uh, one thing I like to say to my clients is don't compare, celebrate. Mm. You know, celebrate somebody. Even if it's not wired into your system, you can rewire the mind to go mm. into that, that place. Because what comparison and judgment do, it's draining on the body. 
Mm. And it blocks you. Literally, it's like you doing this to your life. You're blocking yourself from receiving. But when you begin to be and go into celebration and go into higher vibration, you're open and you're expansive and you're receiving. You're absolutely receiving. And so... You know, some of the greatest leaders that I've ever met, some they're also the most successful financially as well, have been these really quiet, introspective, um, like spiritual leaders. Mm. They're mega loaded, like super <laughs> impactful. And but they're they've done all the inner work, you know? Yeah. And they're not trying. They're just being. It's, and they're just serving the world. It's amazing. Just so powerful. It is. It's it it just brings me back to being out in the snow and it's just silence and it just is. It's like this hierarchy we create and these fake lines and divisions. Like I struggled with that for so long of like, you know, just thinking the these spaces are bigger than me. Like I was just overly thankful. I was, you know, you see people that are more confident in spaces like, oh, I wish I had that. It goes back to like up, upbringing and everything else. Like this like broke Latino kid, just like who am I to like, be confident in these spaces or these new spaces or going to like events in LA and you say, like, Oh, this person has cloud or this or that. And it's like, and it's like, yeah, we, we, we're all human beings. We all are feeling things. And, and it's funny to be in this better like space now where like volunteers at events come up to us and like, you know, Curly or whoever just won an award and they're like, we're walking back down and, and they're like, talk to me. I'm like, Oh, that's so cool. Like, uh, do you have any like tips or anything else? And I'm like, they're all like, you see them bright eyed, bushy tail. And I'm like, I'm right there with you. Like, we're all bright-eyed, bushy-tailed. Like, that guy who just won an award, I just talked to him. He's, like, freaking out. He doesn't know what his next gig is. He's like, oh, I hope this works out. Oh, I got this relationship problem. Like, we're all just figuring it out, man. Like, hmm. and I, I try to, every time I meet someone that's, like, overwhelming, like, oh, what, what, what are the keys? I'm like, just, I think <laughs> just take action. And, like, it's just, like, and also realize we're all human beings and we all have problems and we're all figuring it out and we're all, like, but if I meet The Rock, I'll still probably freak out. But yeah, it's just interesting how like much is, like you said, is is, is a belief and that is so malleable. It could change. It, it could, we literally have so much power and so much strength to just create whatever narrative we want, really, which is yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. Yet we keep going to this negative narrative, which is so interesting. It's like we magnetize to this negative constantly. It's familiar. It's wild. It's familiar. Yeah, yes. It's safe. Man. It feels safe. It feels safe. And that's, and I love that you said like, like changing your wiring. It's like, I'm all about like that cognitive connection, like rewiring that cognitive connection of like, cause like safety, if we don't, if we do not act, then I'm like, oh, I'm safe rather mm-hmm. than putting ourselves out there and acting that's scary. So like by, but by changing that around, like I like to remind myself, like, I know how this is going to feel if I don't do this. Like, I know that feeling and I, I attach the negative feeling of not doing and like how great am I going to feel by taking that chance? Like that. I love that you said that rewiring because it rings so true. I want to hit you with some fire quick questions. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hit you with it. What I want to ask you is if you can be, and this sounds like a very lame date question, but I promise it's going to lead somewhere. What is your favorite animal and why? What characteristics? You have to name one. Hmm. All I can think about right now is my my really good friend's Labradoodle dog. Because <laughs> it's so cute. I don't know why I'd want to be that dog. Because everybody comes up to it and like hugs it and is like, oh my God, and pets it. And yeah, probably a Labradoodle. Labradoodle. Okay. Gotcha. Um, I usually do this in like on dates. What about you? But they're, well, uh, mine is a buffalo. 
This is a very bro answer, but I'm going to say it. I like the buffalo because it's the only animal but when a storm is present, they run through the storm versus away from it. Ooh. Which is really cool. Yeah. I, That's uh, a really good one. Wow. That is a good one. Yeah. yeah. I, I, sh- I shot a, a music video of Frank Juan. Um, he's a Native American rapper, and we went to South Dakota and shot at his reservation. He was just telling me all this amazing like knowledge and info, but like just how significant the buffalo is to them. And then, and then he dropped that line on me, and I was like, oh. This is it. This is a wrap. First date question right here. Well, they, they say that, like, based off your favorite animal and the characteristics of that is who you want to look for in, like, a partner. So it's like you think about, like, oh, do I want someone who's cute and cuddly and everyone, like, enjoys? And uh, I just want to have a constant go-to of just, like, connection and love and unconditionalness. And I like women who run through storms. So that's, you know, we all have our thing. So, you know, it is what it is. What's your favorite animal, Sam? These blind spots. These blind spots. No, <laughs> <laughs> this, this is... <laughs> the first, the first thing that came to my mind was uh, bonobos. Bonobos? What are bonobos? They're, they're like chimps, but instead of like chimps are really violent. What? I don't look at bonobos. They, like, fight amongst their like <laughs> tribes and stuff. And bonobos are like pretty much exactly like chimps, but they live in these like big communities that are like Okay, we're realizing a lot about Sam today, uh, but uh, yeah, I'm looking them up right now. Bonobos. Okay, interesting. They just yeah. look like huh. Okay, um, when was the last time you were uh, proud of yourself that wasn't related to work? <laughs> oh my goodness, this is such a good question because. So much of my life is is intertwined with my work. Yeah, it's like it's not even work; it's my mission. Mm. So, hmm. oh wait, hmm. this one's particularly interesting for you because that is that is so integrated. It's so integrated. Um, there are tiny moments, tiny little victories, and like hmm. I'm proud of myself when I. When I have the courage to sometimes like this is something I'm really proud of. Sometimes I'll reach out to somebody that I'm really inspired by. Mm. And I'm really proud of myself when I do that. Or what else has recently happened? Um proud of myself when I you know, I'm proud of myself when I go to yoga. Like I'm so proud of myself after a ninety minute hot yoga class because I'm showing up for me. Mm. I'm disconnected from the world and it's it's hard. That class is really t- intense. It's hot it's really hot i'm mm, i'm proud of myself when i call my parents you know things like that that's sweet nothing too you know grandiose but it's just for me oftentimes it's just the little things mm. that made me really happy and proud like the build-up and the add the adding up of the, the accumulation of all those little things i love that yeah that's nice next question you are flying to the moon and you can only bring uh, two things to take the photo with on the moon and two people. I can bring two things and two people? Two things and two people to take the photo on the moon. I'd probably bring my mom and my brother. <clears throat> and then... Huh. Two things? Two like, things. Um, my goodness. I bring my phone. <laughs> I bring my phone. Yeah. I, bring my I don't phone. know Wi-Fi. I'm gonna find any Wi-Fi service there, but uh, yeah. 
I bring my phone and uh, I don't know. Maybe it's cold up there. I'll bring a sweater. <laughs> a sweater. <laughs> it's so lame. It's, 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 space does get cold. You freeze up in the movie. So I think that's good. I think the sweater will help. Yeah, I think that's that's good. That's a good move on that one. Um, okay, uh, la- last one. It uh, you're on your deathbed, and a uh, 15 year old Harry comes in, and you uh, you only have two sentences left. What do you say to him? I'm so proud of you. You did it. I love you. That's sweet. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Mm-hmm. You did it. 15. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Well, Harry, I, I literally feel like we could talk like all day. And if you Me bring too. a six pack in here, that's, that's <laughs> we're never going to leave this space. But thank you so much for coming into this space. It really means a lot. And... I've seen you from afar. I've seen your digital content. I'm in your Facebook group. Uh, but there's something about meeting you face to face. And and when you say your thing is one on one, I felt that today. And there's mm-hmm. so many genuine moments. And you're and you're and seeing you cater so much to the people that are listening is so impactful. And so thank you for also diving into your personal story and opening up with that because everything you're doing is so necessary and so real we we need these people outside of our bubbles to tell us sometimes and i'm very much telling you my friend that don't stop there's a reason why life turned in this way for you good and bad to bring you to this point to give this impact to so many people and i'm telling you y'all i'm sure you heard it but being in this man's presence I, he's, he's doing so many courses, which are going to go over again, but I'm joining something because I am feeling inspired right now. And there's so many things that I'm going to walk away with and think about personally with my life. So I want to thank you for coming into the self high podcast. It means so much, my friends. And where can we find you in these digital streets and how can we join the Harry Lopez universe? Yeah, great, great. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a blast. I I always get a little, you know, innocent anxiety before a podcast, but <laughs> yeah. it's just it's just you just keep it real and you've been so fun to talk to, so thank you. Um you can find me. I've got a bunch of freebies. You know, a money mindset guide, a confidence guide on my website. It's www.harryluislopez.com. That's Lewis with an L O U I S, Harry Lewis Lopez. Um, and on Instagram, I'm really active on there. So, um, at the Harry Lopez. Amazing. Amazing. And all his coaching programs are there, services, um, and uh, you have so much going on, my friend. I'm so excited to see the continued growth and I'll see you likewise. all these events. Yeah. Owning our narratives and, and knowing that we, you know, we all put the pants on the same. Heck yeah. We all poop the same. Amen. Except for Sam. (laughs) <laughs> but, uh, kidding. I'm kidding. You know, to put that in, Sam. But uh, Harry, thanks so much, brother. Appreciate Eli, you. Thank you. Of course, of course. It's it's awesome. hands, by the way. In case you're wondering, uh, I always struggle at the very end.